Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. everybody welcome to the show with shannon and kathy hey there hey there ho there how are you do you realize i mean i'm sure you do but i'm gonna say the obvious anyway maybe not we're moving into our favorite season oh i know well we're already in it. i mean once july 4th happens i've already seen stuff up in the store i sent you a picture you did (laughs) you did but i'd also like to let folks know that the um, mall of america in minnesota oh this is uh, going to give Universal Studios a run for its uh, moolah. Really? That means money, Shannon. Does it? Yeah. Cool. So listen to this. You ready for this shit? Yeah. Okay. A haunted attraction inside the Mall of America? Question mark, exclamation point. <laughs> Being described as a new breed of haunted house, Onion Head's Revenge is coming to the Mall of America this Halloween. Being presented by American Monsters, Onion Head's Revenge is set to feature 45,000 square feet of terror and elaborate set designs for a haunt experience like no other. According to Bring Me the News, the attraction will be running from September 15th to October 31st, and it sounds like they're giving Halloween Horror Nights a run for their money. The intricate detail and one-of-a-kind offerings such as specialty bars with themed cocktails and food will create a haunt experience like no other. The team promises, much like Universal's Halloween Horror Nights, they're also promising terrifyingly evocative sets as well as media-based scare moments, theatrical lighting, special effects, and an original soundtrack. Here are my thoughts. Not that I, we're not going to make it there unless we plan that trip now, but I think it's brilliant because it's Minnesota and it's probably cold and the weather's probably not great and it's going to be like chopping mall. Yeah. Where you're going to get stuffed into this humongous mall and it's going to be like a zombie apocalypse. The witch's tit will be chopped. I think that's a really cool idea and a great use of a mall. A great use of a mall these days. Other than just awful consumerism. I, I look forward to the footage. I do too. I look forward. I hope, I'm sure there will be some YouTubers that go. If any of you live around that area and you end up going, please let us know because I'm so curious. I'd love to give everybody some feedback on what you thought the experience was like because this is like, I don't know, I could see this starting as a trend. Absolutely. Yeah, contact us via the email or Instagram, whatever you like. Tell us because we would love to share that on air. I also wanted to share, we got some really fun news. We're going to share the fun news. Share it. A couple of years ago, we did an interview with Juliet Landau, who those of you who are Buffy fans may know her as Drusilla, and Deverell Weeks, who wrote and created this movie called A Place Among the Dead that is very genre-bending, and it has a message, and it's a beautiful piece of art. And in 2020, 
It's mm-hmm. about 75 minutes long. And a couple of years back, we had the pleasure of interviewing Juliet and Devril for the show. However, we just got contacted uh, by Juliet and she asked if they could, the DVD is finally coming out. They finally got a gig. They got a deal to have distribution for the DVD, which has been a little bit coming and we're so happy for them because this has been a real passion project. They've Mm -hmm. been touring it with so many festivals. They've worked really hard. Winning so many awards, having so many panels, just like working very, very hard with the messages of this movie, which are about surviving narcissistic abuse. And they asked us if they could put a copy of the interview they did with us on their DVD as a special feature. And we absolutely said, yes, we want to support the project any way we can. And we're just so excited. So whenever it comes out, whenever I get like press release details from Juliet, I will be back on the show, whether in an ad or tacking onto some episode somewhere, I'm going to throw it everywhere we can. And then in the new season, we will talk about our experience with that, whatever it is, we'll watch the DVD together. (laughs) We'll do whatever we do. But you'll probably see us promoting that on our social medias because we want to support their project. But we're also like proud of ourselves, too. And and we want to be a part of that. And we're so grateful and flattered to be asked to do that. And so I just wanted to share that with all of you. We're a special feature. Yeah, I mean, I remember that interview vividly and it was really a lot of fun to do and they were great sports i did some um you know buffy facts with with kath with with juliet <laughs> yeah. and she got most of them right well i stumped her on one i stumped her on one she you couldn't did. remember you did um but but the episode uh, is a lot of fun to listen to if you haven't and again i just want to share the sentiment that we're incredibly proud of them and it's really hard to get movies like this going and it is it's it's very it is genre bending in the sense that you know we know people have to like adjust to different things mm-hmm. and so they've worked their asses off at getting a really important message out there so yeah it's like part drama part found footage part yeah. horror part thriller it's it's really a beautiful thing and i know juliet is very proud of her project and i and i'm really happy for both of them they worked really hard and gary oldman's in it and robert mm-hmm. patrick there's all kinds of fun cameos mock and, yeah. mockumentary type interviews like i said it goes all over the place and i just i really enjoy it for that reason so anyway we wanted to share that with you guys first and we'll let you know more when we know more my understanding is that we have to do a little thing that we like to call Thank you, Metallica. (laughs) (sighs) Shannon, number one. Yes, ma'am. That actually sounded more like monster. I mean, um, what's his name from the Muppets? Animal. Okay. Plays the drums. That's who you were channeling? Okay. (laughs) I'll take it. Or Louis Armstrong. I stand correct. Oh, okay. This 1989, (laughs) this 1989 film noteworthy for a host of controversial elements including explicit sex defecation and cannibalism Thanks. was the influence for Ari Aster's film Hereditary oh, okay this film is starring Helen Mirren oh yep okay then gave it mm-hmm. okay number two what is the name of the tall man in the Phantasm series. Okay. <laughs> Number three. 
To make the tension between actors authentic <laughs> on the set of The Blair Witch, the directors did what? <laughs> Overpronounce their words. What? <laughs> Number four, and I am a huge fan of this fun cult classic. This summer slasher is a parody of an off-Broadway play and is as a strange combination of comedy psychodrama and 80 slashers taking place in Malibu, California. <laughs> All right. And then number five, what causes the dead to rise in return of the living dead? <laughs> Your soothing horror story voice. You're welcome. <laughs> you said in return. Yes. Okay. Return. <laughs> I believe you saw a movie that I saw. I did. And you have some thoughts. I do. The name of the movie is Nefarious, or Nefarious, depending on how you would like to pronounce (laughs) it. How affected you are. Yeah, how how affected you are. (laughs) Nefarious. It came out in 2023. Shannon has already seen it. it. It's an independent film starring Sean Patrick Flannery and the other dude who's just so incredibly bad in this movie. <laughs> okay, so the movie is Nefarious. It's a 2023 American Christian independent horror film written and directed by Chuck Konzelman, I think is how you say it, and Carrie Solomon. Uh, it's based on a novel from 2016, a nefarious plot. Jordan Belfi uh, plays the psychiatrist who must determine if a convicted death row inmate played by Sean Patrick Flannery is faking his alleged demonic possession. Uh, it was released this year. So, my thoughts. Sean Patrick Flannery, let's start there. So good. Yeah, he was really good. Uh, unrecognizably good. I know, right? <laughs> he looked like a completely different person. I know. I think that he played this character. You know, it's hard to play illness and, f- you know. It, it's new. It has to be nuanced to be right. right? Yeah, yeah. And like, you know, you're also wanting to play it in a way that you might also be faking it. So it's really, that's a hard role to nail. And I feel like he nailed it. I mean, I thought he did a really, yeah, I agree. I think that if this was a one man show, I would have enjoyed this movie a lot more. Oh yeah. The other guy's just dead meat. Here was my issue with the movie. Cause I think the story was great. I think that Sean Patrick Flannery, Flannery, Flannery was great. So this actor, I don't know if it's how he was directed. I just think he's not uh, a great actor, Jordan Belfi. And I, sorry, Jordan, if by any chance you're listening to this, but as someone in the mental health profession who does forensic work and has had to interview people who I knew you were going to have an issue with okay. what he was doing. It's like they took Ugh. so they took so much time. And, well, it's an indie film. They took so much time and effort in this with this actor who's playing the quote unquote crazy person, right? And there's so much nuance to it and so much accuracy in what he's doing. And then you have the forensic like quote unquote interviewer just like not like they didn't have a consultant for that guy. Like he who, was so, the character is not only bad. Who, who was consulting on his half of the script is what I want to know. Yeah. It's so horribly written. I, I always hate when they just deem the audience as too dumb. So they have to over explain why he's there and 
his doctorate and what he does for a job. This is not anything that he would have actually said to the patient. The other thing is he spends a lot of time posturing in a way that's trying to prove to this patient that he is credible. Now, I understand that when you're working with mandated folks, there is pushback, there is resistance, and you can choose to to personalize that and explain why you deserve to be there. But someone who would be seasoned enough to do a competency evaluation for a guy that literally has a stay of execution. Now, if they said it was a student, that would have been better. All they would have had to do is say, this is an intern. <laughs> and he's learning. Because that you had to intern. We all mm-hmm. had to intern. <laughs> he had zero I know. savvy I know. skills of what it takes to act and give the patient the perception that they're in control. He was constantly trying to take control back. He was emotionally reactive to this guy. That is that to me. Which is what caused the drama, of course. Ooh, but. Yeah, but it was played so poorly and his, mm. his character was so one-dimensional. Even the acting at the end where he starts to go a little nutty, I was just, I, I said five times by myself, I'm watching this, I'm like, I have to stop this. He's so bad. He's <laughs> so bad. But I do think they stuck the ending. I did too. I think I I said that on the show, right? Oh, did you? I think so. I got chills at the very last scene. It was the only scene I liked him in. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But the movie itself, I thought was a cool idea. And I thought Sean Patrick Flannery, one of the best roles I've ever seen him in. I know. And I, and I mean, I remember talking about on the show and I gave it a solid three stars because I thought it was worth a watch because, because of the concept and the idea and I read the description and you were like, oh, I got to watch that. And then Mm -hmm. you heard me talk about it. And so you went off and watched it, which I really appreciate because I did think it was an interesting attempt, try, take on that scenario, right? And Mm -hmm. because you've interviewed folks and done competency stuff i thought it would be interesting for you to watch yeah of course any film not great the one actor is not good as as good as the but but at least but like i can tell you if the main actor didn't do well then i i couldn't have recommended the movie because it's a good idea but some amount of execution needed to happen i thought they stuck the ending and i also thought that character was really solid but yeah Agreed. I yeah. agree with you. Yeah. Oh, well, I hope it was worth the watch. Anyway. It was. I mean, watching him alone was worth the watch. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. He was good. I saw the movie Bird Box Barcelona. How is it? I know it's well, one of the recommended films out right now. Yeah. So it's on Netflix. It came out in July. So you guys are hearing us talk about it in August, but it came out a while ago. So maybe most of you have seen it by now. But it's a couple hours long. This is the sequel to Bird Box, the film with Sandra Bullock. After an entity of mysterious origin annihilates the world's population, causing those who observe it to take their lives, Sebastian and his daughter begin their own great adventure of survival in Barcelona. So a couple of things I like. I like the idea. It's a solid way to go as far as like you could have a bird box in Australia. You could have a bird box in London, whatever. I see what they're doing there. And I think that that's a solid idea. And I'd be willing to watch more of them along the way if they figure out a way to make it a bit better than this one. 
What's similar about this movie to the first Bird Box is that they're on the there it's the same journey basically it's like a bunch of people going on a journey so that idea of the plot is similar there is a twist that i won't talk about to that in other words it doesn't follow the same line as the original bird box there's kind of a twist to the rules and what they decide to do and i liked that twist but I do feel like they tried to do so many things with this one. It's like the twist, the idea, all of that. I was on board the first chunk of it. I was like on board. Okay, great. And then in the middle of the movie, the vast middle of every movie is of course where things fall apart. But yeah, what the reason why I think it fell apart was because they were trying to do too many things and they were trying to introduce a lot more new rules rules and things and i think that bird box was a very simple film Mm -hmm. it was and it was effective and it was effective and it was more based on a micro happening for this family like a micro family micro emotional experiences for these few people in a macro world shift and i think that's always really effective because we get the emotion of the micro piece it's just like walking dead or anything else it's like the micro you start to care very deeply about the people that are that you're going through this with Mm -hmm. now here what they did was they started out with that and there was the idea of that but they just tried to do too many things. They were trying to introduce new rules in the middle of it about, about the world and what they could do. And (laughs) I just, again, the twist is good, but like, keep it simple. Like have us have this, the twist, but then don't introduce 12 rules that go along with that. Uh, Yeah. That's, that's, it's too much work. So I liked the international flavor of this, which, you know, it's great. There were people in this that were, German from the UK, from Spain, from America. Like I loved that incorporating the international piece of Mm -hmm. that into this. And I of course love the idea of them being able to go to different places and make bird box, you know, Zimbabwe or whatever they want to (laughs) do. This was a more dark and depressing movie than the first, which I realize is hard to, (laughs) hard to say because it was a, it was a kind of a depressing movie, although with a hopeful ending and you're spending so much time trying to understand. This is where I think it really fell down. You're spending so much time trying to figure out all these new things that are being thrown at you that you don't have the time or the energy or the mental focus to get invested emotionally with the people you're supposed to that get makes in- sense. emotionally yeah. invested with. Like so. too much going on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there, there, there's some interesting pieces, uh, psychologically speaking, where they talk a bit about the part of the device that they use in this movie is that they're, that extreme trauma can cause changes in the DNA, which we know that to yeah, be true. Epigenetics, right? Yeah. We know that to be true. And so that is one of the things that you, 
that is explicated as a part of this movie to explain why certain people do what they do in this movie, which are all new rules. <laughs> mm-hmm. But so that part from a psychological standpoint, cause we do try to talk at least a little bit about the psychology of each film we watch. We don't always do that, but we sometimes forget cause we get excited about movies. But I did want to say like that piece of this is really interesting to me. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. At least you got something from it. Sounds yeah. like. Yeah. I mean, the acting was good. And the cinematography was good. I don't think the cinematography was good as the original Bird Box. Like, the original Bird Box is like a beautiful film. It's it's so artistic. It's a beautiful film and it's beautiful, like lush forestry and it's just gorgeous. This is not that. This is Barcelona and it's city stuff. And no. Okay. But anyway. I watched a movie called Follow Her. From depending on what you where you look it up, 2022, 2023. Jesse, I'm sorry, Jess, played by Danny Barker, has finally found her hook. Secretly filming creepy interactions she encounters through online job listings and using the kinks of others to fuel her streaming success. For her next episode, she's been hired by Tom, played by Luke Cook, to write the ending of a screenplay in a remote, lavish cabin. Once there, the alluring, self-proclaimed screenwriter hands her a script in which the two of them are the main characters. This client isn't what he seems, and even though the money's great, the real payment here could cost her her life. Follow Her is a psychosexual thriller which questions the ethical boundaries of social media. So we know a lot of these are being made right now. I liked it and I hated it. Let's start there. Sweet. Okay. I think that the idea is it it was basically if you took the movie Fifty Shades of Grey and then you uh, had it have a baby with Michael Douglas's The Game. That was this film. Film, okay. So loved the parts of it that a were lot trying. To, they're trying to do a lot yeah. there. <laughs> so here's a couple things. You know, is it believable that she would meet this guy? If it's if it is 2022, 2023, is it believable that this young woman, with the knowledge that we have, would meet this guy in the middle of nowhere and agree to go to his home? to make a film. Okay. Well, here's the argument. One, she could really be chasing this, uh, you know, she could be an adrenaline chaser and there was someone, the woman that went in the submarine with the millionaire. There you go. Okay. So, and also what, what is it doing is it's, it's really mocking what journalism, if that's what we're calling this will do for a story. Okay. So it's not completely off base. However, when things start to happen, she gets really pulled into the situation. So he plays a har- an army hammer esque oh. character that uh, he's very charming at the beginning. And then once he lures her into the house, the only part that I'll give away is he hands her the script and he says, let's start filming it now. And she's like, now, like I just met you and let me go home and look at it. He said, just, just read it. And it's one page and the rest of the pages are blank. Mm-hmm. And the page is a conversation that they just had. Oh boy. So he's basically like, we're writing, we're writing this. It's like an improv, right? Mm-hmm. So he lures her in through charm and sex. And then he threatens to do something dangerous. Then he says he's joking and it goes back and forth. And there are a couple different twists and turns that do make it interesting. It mm-hmm. definitely kept my attention. How it ends is definitely not what I was expecting. So there was a nice little twist to the ending, but it, neither one of these characters were likable 
So there's that part of like, I just don't really care what happens to either one of you. It's hard. Especially at the end when she's now trying to explain her story to um, the police about like how she was assaulted in X, Y, and Z. And the female officer detective is like, not believing her. So it's this play on, you know, victim blaming and is, is she just as culpable and whatnot? And I don't really have any empathy for her. Right. So it's like th- that part fell really flat for me. But as far as like the depths of what people will do for a story and his character and why he was the motivation behind why he was doing what he was doing, that was all great. So it was like, there are elements of it that were really exciting. And then elements of it, it was like, <laughs> well it's not clever a, it yeah, was it was different it's not a totally bad review because you said it kept your interest it because did. there was enough going on just wish i liked one of them more and then there was chunks of it that you thought were good and chunks you thought were meh. and i think she was supposed to be somewhat unlikable of course you know they and i always think she, make influencers bad yeah and i think she she plays that well and so really you're trying to figure out who do you hate more Okay. <laughs> okay. I think that was intentional, honestly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you I know. Yeah. Uh, uh, for whatever reason, our culture wants to brandish all the influencers and social media is bad, which yeah. of course it's not. But okay. I keep seeing that one coming up on my thing, but I yeah. feel I feel like I I can pass now. Yeah, you can pass. <laughs> You've done your your due diligence, and now I know. You're welcome. <laughs> so I caught uh, the movie Quicksand. Mm-hmm on shutter it was one of the new releases in july and i finally caught it 2023 a married couple on the brink of divorce becomes trapped in quicksand while hiking through a colombian rainforest God, that's, a, that's a fucking nightmare like literal nightmare that it i'm really, sure i've had it really was i know i've had it's a struggle for survival as they battle the elements of the jungle and must work together in order to escape so and then the the picture on the movie poster is really crazy because it's like her in the quicksand with a snake wrapped around her and everything. It's like the most scary <laughs> poster ever. Anyway, I I took a I took a look at this. There are things I liked about it. Uh, I did watch the dubbed version, by the way, just because I was watching on Shutter and that's what came up and I didn't change it a lot of times. Kathy and I have talked about in the past a lot of times we'll change it to watch the subtitles and I didn't do that but and but I didn't I don't know. I didn't get jarred by the dubbing this time it was pretty good. Yeah, it's hit or miss when it's good, it's really good. Yeah, it really yeah. didn't it really didn't bother me that much. So I'll just tell you that. That's part of the review because if you're going to check it out. It's a pretty it's darkly shot it's rainforest and they get to it pretty quickly. This couple is not having a good time. They are getting a divorce and the way they end up in the woods together and then in quicksand together (laughs) is a little, you know, like, okay, sure. had to suspend my disbelief a little bit that that would have been happening. I think you and I should go reenact this together you would sink like a <laughs> boop yep, i just get boop, and then i so yeah it is funny because when they get in the quicksand she goes under almost immediately and he has to like pull her back out and then they spend the whole like the whole movie in this quicksand 
And that's the movie, right? So we've all seen movies like that, like open water where they're treading water in the middle of the sea for an hour and a half, that kind of thing. Oh, Lord. So they're in this quicksand. And then there's just some, of course, there's a lot of things that happen that don't quite, you're like, really? Like, how did they stand in this quicksand for an hour and a half, like with their able to use their arms and stuff like they get their arms out and then there's like snakes that come and they deal with that and then there's this other thing that comes and yeah so i can't really say that i liked this movie (laughs) because it's just the things just don't quite go together and i don't quite buy the really you know supposed to be this like long conversation of course you're stuck in quicksand with the guy you're going to divorce and so of course they have some reparative conversations while they're sitting in the quicksand Mm -hmm. it's rough because maybe they don't know this because the whole thing is predicated on like one of the guys says like columbia doesn't have any quicksand we're not known for that. Yeah. They can't be in quicksand. And then the the natives, the the indigenous culture guy of this movie is like, well, this area does have them and blah, blah, blah. And you're just like, oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know. It just doesn't quite jive together. The performances <laughs> were good, but... And then they have these reparative conversations, you know, where they're like telling each other things and crying while like sitting in the squick's hand. Oh, God. And it doesn't quite come off as stupid as I'm making it sound, but because stuff does happen, their lives get threatened while they're in the quicksand a couple of times. And and then I did enjoy the ending. I will say I, I feel like I enjoyed the ending, but maybe that was just because of like what I had suffered through for an hour or whatever. I couldn't. So maybe it's supposed to be a parallel experience. <laughs> I was stuck in quicksand with this movie. Yikes. And well, and a lot of people know that if you get stuck in quicksand, if you can just get flat, you can like wade on the top of it and f- like get yourself out. Mm. But they didn't know that, I guess. Mm. <laughs> okay. I think. Thank you for watching that one for me. You're welcome. We do this for each other. Yes, we do. Shutter originals are hit or miss, man. They are. And that's okay. I kind of like them though, because they're, you know, you don't go into them expecting a ton and every now and then you, there's a nice little reward. You go like, wow. Yeah. And also they got the horror. They're generating, they're picking up new horror from film festivals. They're making it happen. Like I'm a fan of that. Yeah. Although I don't know. AMC will probably absorb them completely eventually. And then probably it'll just be AMC and no shutter. (laughs) Right. Anyway, go ahead. Uh, The next one I watched was a movie called we need to do something. Um, And we do, we do. This came out in 2021 after Melissa and her family seek shelter from a storm. They become trapped with no sign of rescue. Melissa comes to realize that she and her girlfriend, girlfriend, Amy might have something to do with the horrors that threaten her family. It's an isolation horror is even though it got mediocre scores i liked this movie it is constantly moving from one thing to the next it really keeps you in it i thought there's only a couple of moments where it slows down so what happens is they get uh there's this threat of a tornado 
And then the little boy is like this little science nerd. He's like, I think it's an 805, which I believe is like when two tornadoes come together. And they wake up uh, or they get trapped into their house, more specifically in like the bathroom of their house. And it's a mom, dad, uh, sister who's in high school and a little brother who's like probably fifth grade or something. Obviously, there's the family dynamic piece that starts to play out. So you start to see um, the father's a raging alcoholic. He's angry all the time. I think he played it a little too much over the time. He was the only actor that kind of pissed me off a little bit. And like, you don't have to be this one dimensional through your character. But I think the other three, especially the little boy was really, really good. Uh, so there's, there's, you know, two things happening. There's the unveiling of the family dynamic that you find out is actually like really bad now that they're in this one space together and you start to figure out like how the daughter maybe got to where she did and why this happened. Simultaneously, you find out that what hit the house was not at all a tornado, but something much more sinister and little by little things start. And there's a couple of really well executed jump scares and, it, and then it just gets progressively crazier. And then what it does is it shows these little flashbacks that let you know how this sinister force was developed and why it's there. I thought it was a fun ride. Oh, honestly, it was, it. yeah, I, I thought it was good. What, did, did you like it? Um, I, I wrote uh, in my notes that it was a great premise and I thought it was a poor execution. Yeah. I mean, it was, it, it kept my attention. It wasn't the best movie I've ever seen. But I really did like the, I love the isolation piece of it. And I, th- I thought the, I liked it much more than I think mo- the majority of the audience did. Yeah, I think yeah. you liked it more than I did. And that's yeah. great. I, I liked, I remember liking some of the characters and stuff. And some of the moments were gross. And Oh I yeah, that. the yeah. snake. There's some grossness in yeah. there. Mm-hmm. And it was certainly kept going. Yep. Like there was a lot going on. And I thought the the girl who played the daughter, I think it's Sarah McCormick. She was uh, really good in it. Yeah. So, right on. Thank you for that. Yeah. All right, let's get some answers to the old. Uh... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, man. Horror facts with Kath. Number sure. one, this 1989 <laughs> film, noteworthy for a host of controversial elements, including explicit sex, defecation, and cannibalism, was the influence for Ari Aster's film Hereditary. Yeah, I like this movie. <laughs> it's like the cook, the thief, the lover, yep. and the, the whatever. Cook, the thief, his wife, and her lover. Yeah, that yeah. one. I like that movie. Number two. What is the name of the tall man in the Phantasm series? Fred. The tall man. <laughs> Number three. <laughs> to make the tension. I was actually going to make that a multiple choice and put the tall man as one of the things. And, and see if like, you'd be like, shut up. Shut up, nipple. To- <laughs> so inappropriate (laughs) to make the tension between actors authentic on the set of Blair Witch the directors did what made them sleep in the woods and do it for real gave them less and less food each day that would have pissed me off it works gotta love independent film (laughs) right okay uh let's see uh number four this summer slasher is a parody of an off-broadway play as a strange combination of comedy psychodrama and 80s slashers taking place in malibu california i really have no idea do you ever see a movie with lauren ambrose called psycho beach party uh no maybe Uh, not it's a fun one might be a fun fun. uh discord movie (laughs) i bet 
if it's you know yeah streaming. i gotta find, I have to find it. it it doesn't stream much. it's really just had like a cult following i remember seeing it in the theater nice it, she made it um i think shortly following if not at the time of six feet under oh okay yeah, she was in her prime number five what causes the dead to uh, rise and return of the living dead isn't it like some kind of gas yeah it's a military virus mm. like a military oh. gas yeah i couldn't remember what kind of gas it was kathy's gas my gas they all became zombies from your gas all right possible <laughs> thank you so much for being here with us we very much appreciate you happy summer and we will catch you next week this has been an episode of terror talk my name is shannon and i'm kathy sleep safe everyone